your girl Rebecca. And Lily. And you're listening to... Just Ghoulie Things. When I was about to say just ghoulie things, I had a swat. Like, I had, like, saliva in my throat, and I was like, I don't want to screw this up, so I'm just going to let Lily continue, and I'll swallow this very, like, low-key. But, okay. Hey, boo-things! Welcome back to Just Ghoulie Things, the quarantine <laughs> spooky story special, episode 31. And we are your bootyful hosts, Rebecca and Lily. How you guys doing out there? Um, my... Audio equipment is working perfectly today, so um, without further ado, let's get right into the stories. Actually, backtrack, I want to talk about how uh, on Sunday we're going to have our first guest boothing on the show, and Lily and I are super excited. Um, So sorry for everyone that has been reaching out, following up about the co-hosting position. It's just been so crazy trying to figure out everything with the quarantine and we want to make sure the audio is okay and just a lot of logistical stuff. But we've got it under control, and our first guest is going to be James Allen Ross on Sunday. All right, Lily, what's your first story for today? A tumble dryer incident. Ooh, okay. I hate telling this story as it makes me sound flippin' crazy, but here it goes. This happened in the house I currently live in about five to six years ago. It is the only experience I've ever had. So I'm upstairs in my room. There is a tumble dryer directly at the bottom of the stairs on top of some drawers. So it's about four to five feet off the floor. The tumble dryer is on a cycle and my mom is in the living room with the door closed as the machine is very loud. On the floor by the tumble dryer is a small laundry basket that we use to bring clean clothes upstairs. Hanging over the side of the basket is a beanie hat that is wet and it's been through the wash with the other clothes. But on the label, it says it can't be tumble dried. I vividly remember seeing this hat on the basket when I went past it to go into the front room. I rush downstairs past the tumble dryer to go into the front room to ask my mom what's for dinner tonight. As we go into the kitchen to check what we have, she notices the tumble dryer has stopped and asks me if it's finished its cycle already. I replied, saying that it was on 20 seconds ago. I thought it was strange and noticed the tumble dryer door was slightly open. Bear in mind, you have to pull the washing and tumble machine doors open with a little bit of force i thought this was really crazy at this point i went to close the door of the dryer and it wouldn't shut hanging over the rim of the door was the beanie that was hanging on the basket literally 30 seconds ago somehow this hat had managed to rise about four feet off of the basket the dryer door opened and the hat was placed over the rim of the door i only know the hat was wet and couldn't be tumble dried because I read the lab- the label straight away as I was sure I had seen it hanging on the basket. My mom has always been a skeptic and doesn't believe in that sort of stuff, but she got chills from this. I've pretty much had shivers down my spine the entire time writing this as well. Thanks for reading, and I hope you enjoy my weird experience. Ah, haunted so, bathrooms and haunted laundry laundry rooms? See, that's what I was wondering. Is it haunted or is it a glitch in the matrix? Ooh, I didn't even think of that, Lily. Yeah, you're right. That's a really good thought, too. I didn't even think of that. It's either a poltergeist or a glitch in the Matrix, but which one? We may never know. (laughs) All right, my next story. What's your first story? My first story is my cousin's ghost experience in Puerto Rico. 
So I'm quickly collecting many stories for my channel, and my cousin recently told me this experience. He didn't want me to narrate it on my channel, but he allowed me to post it on here. This event happened to him when he was around 17 and was still living in our hometown of Arroyo PR, which he is now 36 and still remembers how horribly scary this was. He had a new girlfriend at the time, and his parents were very strict and didn't really let him hang out with her very late into the night. So, naturally being a teenager, he was one he, there one night, He came, she came over, and he sneaked out of his house to spend time with her. They decided they were going to go for a walk to where the boardwalk was and hang out near the pier that overlooked the ocean. Now, around this time that they were walking, he thinks it was maybe around 1 or 2 a.m., so there was no one in the area where they were. As they walked down the road that led to the boardwalk, there was an area that was completely all palm trees, and he thought he saw a person standing behind one of the palm trees. As he did a double take to look again, he saw nothing. They reached the pier and were now just relaxing and talking and leaning on the railings of the pier. My cousin still had a view of this forested palm tree area. All of a sudden, he sees a traditional Puerto Rico jabaro just out, just walk out of nowhere where the palm trees were. I'm going to very roughly describe what a jabaro with traditional attire looks like. This person had on all white button long down, uh, had a wh- white button down long sleeve shirt with his sleeves rolled up, all white pants with black shoes on. Around his neck, he had a red bandana scarf around his, and around his waist was a traditional red sash that wrapped all the way around. He also had on an island. Yeah, he also had an island straw hat on. Now, what was extremely wrong with this particular person was not what they were wearing, but how they looked. My cousin said he was holding a bloody machete. The front of his white shirt was dripping and covered in blood. His face almost looked like a skeleton. His mouth did not have lips, only teeth were showing, and it was completely covered and dripping with blood. When when he saw him... It did not look like a see-through apparition. It was a solid figure of a man. My cousin was completely shocked, and he didn't want his girlfriend to turn around in fear. She would get freaked out. But after seeing his face, she turned around. She, too, had then seen this man walking out of the palm trees. He said he continued walking towards where the shoreline was and was now walking towards underneath the pier, which meant he was somewhere below them. They were both frozen solid, and his girlfriend was silently shedding tears in front of him. Suddenly, they both saw this man slowly walk back around from the other side of the shoreline and back into the middle of the road that was in front where the palm trees were. He now stood there completely facing them, but didn't seem to notice that they were standing on the pier. He then did an about-face and walked back towards the palm trees and slowly vanished. My cousin and his girlfriend at first slowly walked off the pier and back to the main road. As soon as they hit the corner of the road, they both started running as fast as they could back to my cousin's house. They made it back and were both so horrified, and his girlfriend wouldn't stop shaking and crying. He ended up walking her back home so she wouldn't be alone. He had never experienced anything like that before and didn't really believe in ghosts until then. He didn't want to believe what he saw, but the fact that his girlfriend experienced it too only made it more real. He told me his girlfriend ended up asking around people that worked in the plaza around the boardwalk about what they saw, and she said that this is not the first time people have seen the bloody habaro. Apparently, he had been showing himself around the area of the pier for many years. This only served to freak my cousin out even more. He said every time he thinks about the hibato, he gets very scary chills up and down his back, which is why he never really told anyone about what he saw that night. He says there was just something very evil and wrong about the man he saw, and he didn't want to share it with anyone. So that's my cousin's story. Wow. I have... That's terrifying. Yeah. 
that? Like, like is that just supposed to be like a bad omen? Or, because, I mean, it's, it seems like the guy was kind of a Skeletor figure, but was still alive, but had blood all over him. I just feel like maybe it was like a warning yeah. of some kind, like stay away or something. I would be extra story. careful around something like that and want, and tell all my loved ones that I love them. <laughs> Literally. I will never go out again past one o'clock in the morning. That is my yes. warning. All right. So this one is called, I was dragged by my feet out of bed. Ooh. So I think I know what happens in this one. Let's go. <laughs> My husband was working in a town called Moose Jaw in Saskatchewan. We usually just rent a short-term room or house where, where he is working since he moves around a lot. This time he was renting the attic of an old house on Main Street. It was a large old home with multiple levels. Each level was being rented out as the owner renovated the home. I'm the type of person who loves staying in older houses. I especially was excited to stay in this house because of the strange architecture. You had to take a steep staircase on the side of the house up multiple floors to get to our suite. Once inside, you walked it right into the bedroom with the kitchen and bathroom along the back wall. As soon as, soon as I got into the house, I had a strange feeling, like chills going down my spine. I told my husband, and we chalked it up to moving dinners. Things got stranger from here. The bathroom and kitchen were both tucked into small cutouts in the house. The roofs were so short, I could barely stand straight up, and I'm 5'2". Five, five, in the bathroom, there was a little door in the wall hidden hidden behind the old clawfoot tub. Every time I would go to the bathroom or, or take a bath, it sounded like someone was, was lightly tapping on the door. A couple nights in, I started to have really bad nightmares, ones where my husband would have to wake me up because I was screaming so loud. It felt like I was pinned to the bed and I wasn't able to escape. I had never felt anything like that before. I can't explain it, but it felt like I wasn't wanted there. Like something was warning me to get out or else. I stopped sleeping during the night because I was so having nightmares. I would sit in bed and look out the window, just hoping for daytime again so I could leave the house. I must have drifted off to sleep at one point because the next thing I knew, I was being dragged out of bed by my feet. My husband was sleeping next to me, and I remember grabbing onto him as though my life depended on it. He freaked out and jumped out of bed. Whatever was pulling me stopped right in front of the steep stairs. We did not stay there another night. I still sometimes doubt that it even happened, but thankfully my husband witnessed it and, I, and can reassure me that I am not crazy. Whatever was in that house was not friendly, and I did not want, and it did, did not want me there. I will never go back there. Wow. That is, in fact, the husband was able to say he saw it too. What do you yeah. do? What do you do? Oh, God. yeah, I would, yeah. Imagine that. Imagine you're just, like, laying next to, like, your spouse or your girlfriend or boyfriend or whatever, and out of nowhere, they're just yanked out of bed. They're just yeeted out of bed. I literally thought that only happened in movies, like, scary movies, just as... Like, uh, paranormal activity bullshit. Right, exactly, but yeah. you don't think it actually would happen, but I guess these movies are based on some sort of truth because it happened yeah. to her. Okay, so this one's a little long, um, but it's chock full of information. So it's titled, Spent 18 Years Living in, a, in, an, impress in an Oppressive Haunted Home. Ooh. 
I noticed growing up that while in my early adolescence, late childhood, early prepubescent stage, there was more often than a small a smell of rotting meat and sulfur that would linger around the house. I always reported and complained to my mom and dad that I would experience these things in and around the house. Now our room was very clean. My mother and grandmother, who were alive at the time, were always busy scrubbing kitchen countertops, floors with that fabuloso smelling detergent and cleaning supply. <laughs> we all know how that smells. You know, the one aisle in, is stores where you walk by and your knees get weak because it smells so good. Well, anyway, our home was very clean. Wax floors, clean windows, always open in the springtime, and Grandma liked her sheets hung in the April wind. Ooh, that I could just smell that already. I'll point out early on in our home was always tested and run up to code for radon, carbon monoxide, CO2 exposure, and ultrafrequency emission. All things came back negative, and we were given a clean bill of health all the time, which, looking back, baffled anyone and everyone to question. I never saw these, but literally all of my siblings, my relatives and friends of my siblings who would spend the night, will gladly swear before judge and jury they witnessed these things. No soul mentioned here was mentally ill, abusing substances, or lying for notoriety. Shadow figures. A lot of shadow apparitions and plenty of visible full-bodied apparitions. They carried with them the ability to manipulate the area around them. Some were identified as male, rarely female. Once, my sister, my, old, my sister, older sister, was sleeping in, in an old room before I took over, before she left for college. She tells me to this day, she wakes up dead of night, pitch black, save for the silver of light creeping in from the lamppost outside. There is a figure, nondescript, bordering on the edge of the light and leaning back into the darkness. She said, its arm was reaching out, hand open, and grabbing for me. Spooky? Well, there's more. Another occasion, she gets up and hears footsteps walking down the hall towards the kitchen. Nope. Yeah. She hears the cabinet doors open and close where we keep the glasses and chinaware. She thinks nothing of it and decides to go get a drink. Upon entering the kitchen, she sees all the cabinet doors wide open and there isn't a member of the family awake. I've heard footsteps and saw a door handle move. So some years back, I came home from school and I wanted to make a peanut butter jelly. So I'm standing at the counter when from behind me, I hear heavy, heavy, heavy footsteps slamming on the stairs. My first thought, so we're doing this now? I saw, I saw a door handle jingle, a jiggle, like a hand was grasping around it and twisting it. Never opened. I probably made myself forget about it because despite being the size of a grizzly bear with the attitude of a teddy bear, I get scared of things very easily. Seriously, I've jumped at my own shadow before, several times. But back to the story. My younger sister comes home from college, wasn't that far away, she drove to and from, and follows in my footstep and makes a Sammy. (laughs) She hears and sees it. The heavy footsteps, the door handle. She freaks out because she's seen more stuff than I have and is more adept at the hauntings than I was. Backstory, I'm a devout Catholic, have been all my life, and will die one. My room at the time now looks like a chapel, which there is a reason for. My family has a theory that I wasn't screwed with as much because I was the only one in the house with more than one crucifix in the room. So my brother comes home from work. Yeah, and this goes back kind of like yesterday's story about being strong in your faith. Yeah. Um, So anyway, so my brother comes home from work. We promptly tell him. Being former military and security forces, he gets his forty-five and does a sweep of the property. No sign to fourth century. Basement is empty and defiled by uh, by supposed occupying creeps. Hopefully this small novel hasn't lost you, but wait, there is more. <laughs> I love this writing. It keeps you at the edge of your seat. My brother I know, has it's really well done. It is. My brother has seen things levitate several times. Of course, I call bullshit. 
Who wouldn't? Nine out of ten, there is always a logical explanation for things to occur. Hell, even exorcists are ardent skeptics. Anyway, he has seen his shoe fly across the room. He woke up one night to find his pillow standing stock still. Seriously, just standing straight up. He's seen shadow apparitions and has heard his name whispered and called. There's more from him. I'll have to ask and write it down for y'all. I witnessed with my own two eyes the door to my parents' bedroom swing open and closed by itself. Windows closed, no draft, no string. I saw it and it scares me. I've heard the multitude of whispers in my own home. Seriously, it sounds as if a whole party of people just decided to whisper rock and have it out. (laughs) My house, well, my whole family is an old school Catholic. When I say old school, I mean this. The most modern world lost touch with the idea of the demonic long ago. The world has misinterpreted the signs. The demonic have actually increased, prompting the Vatican to release the Roman ritual of solemn exorcism exorcism to Protestant denominations. Think about what I just said. I'm going to repeat that. The world has misinterpreted the signs. The demonic have actually increased, prompting the Vatican to release the Roman ritual of solemn exorcism to Protestant denominations. So, like, apparently it's gotten so crazy that now the the Vatican is giving their rituals of exorcism to other forms of religions because of how crazy it's been. A lot. Yeah. (laughs) There are certain denominations who don't even have the belief in the diabolic or the right of exorcism. Old school Catholics have the firm teaching of exorcist light, meaning that all Catholics before Vatican II were basically little non-ordained exorcists running around. If you're curious, look up the the Catholic Deliverance Ministry. They are the grandchild of the olden ways. So, I spoke of this to bring this point home. My sister, older, whom I love absolutely dearly, I would do anything for her in a heartbeat. She's my best friend, but she's an absolute window licker when it comes to story. She and her window licking friends used a Ouija board in the basement. Send the priest. What's a window licker? I don't know. I, this person is just writing from God only knows what. I love it, though. That house has been blessed a total of five times. Oh, don't get me wrong. It was always as peaceful. For, it was always peaceful for long durations until the activity just reappeared like a bad penny. Here I am to haunt. I got more. If anyone wants to know, <laughs> and that's their story. I love it. I, I love just, how it's written. I'm just gonna start calling you a window licker. It reminds me of who are you calling a cootie queen? You land licker. Yes, that's exactly what I thought of too. You window licking. <laughs> Dirty mouth, Tina Talk with Orbit. Oh, that was spot on, Lily. <laughs> Book Lily for the next Orbit commercial. Thank you very much. All right. Please do. So, that was my crazy story of a bunch of different things happening in this person's life. I love it. Okay. This one is called Someone or Something is Tapping at My Window. Ooh. All right. Not sure if this is the right, and this was under, so you know how they have, like, those little, like, flares or whatever? Yeah. That, like, you can, yeah, so this one was unexplained, so I thought it would be fun to kind of, like, throw that in. All right, let's try to explain it. Okay. I'm not sure if it's the right place to post this, but I think, but I couldn't think of any other subreddit right now. Anyways, here's what happened. It just happened a few minutes ago. I was sleeping in my bed listening to some audiobook when I heard a tap on my window. It was a gentle, a rather gentle tap, but still loud enough to make someone wake up from sleep. So I just jumped off my bed and I took my phone in one hand and ever so slightly just peeked from the window and I saw no one. So I decided to close the window. As soon as I pushed the window 
to the panel to lock it, I heard, I heard, they spelled it H-E-R-D, like when you heard she. <laughs> Sorry, typos amused me. I heard a really loud scream from the other side, and an overwhelmingly strong gust of wind was just pushing the window open, but I somehow mustered the strength and slammed that window shut. Not sure what just happened right now, but I told this to my dad, and he said it must have been a strong gust of wind. Plus, he didn't hear the scream at all, and this, and his room is just next to mine after the dining hall in the middle. But I'm sure it wasn't some normal day-to-day -day stuff. The scream was full of dread, anger, and evil. I've never heard something like it. And I'm sorry if I wasn't clear enough. This incident has shaken me to the core, and I'm shaking while typing this. Hope you guys understand. Hmm. It's interesting that she, that he didn't hear the scream, even though he's right next door to the room. Yeah, exactly. Sounds paranormal to me. It does. I mean, it's definitely, maybe she's a sensitive or empathic and she just doesn't realize it. And that's why she's able to experience these things. I was wondering if there's some kind of like, maybe like gift towards the paranormal there, you know, like, mm -hmm. like, you know, a sixth sense or something or, you know. But I wonder what triggered this event to happen to her because it seems like this is like the first event that she's really experienced that she's like actually shook from yeah like why now yeah you know exactly so but it all has to start somewhere yeah i mean it's a pretty unexplainable event to be honest with you it's kind of yeah. hard to debunk but i think that it has something to do with her being a sensitive i think so too all right all my, right what do you have my next story is titled my great grandma's ghost told my relatives to burn down her house so they did Oh God! all right here's how my mom tells it in 1979 when my mother was 15 or 16 a large group of my extended family were gathered in my grandma's house in rural iowa where most of them live they were there to discuss what would was to be done with my recently deceased great-grandmother's house you see my great-grandma had hated the house so in the final six months of her life had built another house on the same plot of land, which I guess wasn't in accordance with state zoning laws. As a logical thinker would do, they decided to ask my great-grandmother herself. Ouija board in hand, the female members of the family walked out into the night to do their seance at her house, <laughs> which was just down the dirt road from where they were. The house was built in the mid-19th century, had six bedrooms, was huge from what I can gather. However, it didn't have electricity, so they had brought candles to light up the space. About half of the women in attendance were believers, with the other half being skeptics, which led to some frustration with the asking of questions to the Ouija board. However, sometime in the night, the energy was totally changed. One of, the aunts, one of my aunts asked if Margaret was there, but got no response from the board. Instead, a small piece of tinsel on in the doorway began to swing like a pendulum. My mom's youngest brother had just celebrated his birthday there a few weeks earlier and the decorations were still up. It would be easy to say that wind or atmospheric pressure could have accounted for this change. However, keep in mind that it was a large house and the room surrounding the central living room acted as a wind block. It was also worthwhile to point out that the, question, that the candles had no point flickered or went out. The movement oh, continued wow. with every question back and forth like a pendulum. <clears throat> Finally, someone asked what was to be done with the house. The tinsel stopped moving altogether and began to violently move in the opposite direction. The tinsel stopped responding after that question, so they moved back to the Ouija board. No sooner had they done this when it spelled out a very simple message. B-R... I mean, wait, I spelled that wrong. B-U-R-N space I-T. Burn it. Oh, wow. They hauled ass back home called the fire department, and did just that. 
Oh, I love that. Mm-hmm. That's badass. Right? Burning shit from your grave, having shit burned down. I love that. I'd be like, burn this motherfucker down. I'm done with this. I want to move on. <laughs> but how crazy, and I'm, my thing now is I'm like, that's so funny that they call the fire department. The fire department's like, all right, well, what's, what's the emergency? What fire do you want to put out? No, we're trying to put on a fire. Can you, <laughs> can you burn our house down? Thank you very much. Oh, gosh. So that's my, uh, that's my third story. Nice. Okay. So my fourth story is a little long. All right. Actually, yeah, it's it's pretty long. <laughs> and my jaw, my jaw still hurts from having that tooth pulled, so wish me luck. This one is called, I'm starting to think my apartment might be haunted for real. Hey, everyone, I deactivated my old account because I was spending too much time on Reddit and created a new one just to discuss this. I'm starting to believe my apartment is actually haunted. I've always been fascinated by the paranormal, but never believed in ghosts until college when I had some weird and unexplainable things happen in my sorority house. Still, I was unconvinced. But now, almost 10 years later, I've been experiencing some strange stuff in my apartment, and it's getting harder and harder to explain it all away. For starters, the evidence against a ghost. My apartment building was built in 1991, so not a super old or creepy place. Also, I have two cats, and they're totally unbothered, which seems to contradict the popular accounts of of the animals that are more aware of or scared of uh, the paranormal than humans. And for the evidence for a ghost. Here, there, here are the unexplained incidents that happened in the almost two years that my fiancé and I have lived in our current apartment. Some of the earlier ones are more unexplainable, but now I'm not so sure. One, the hanger incident. <clears throat> I have a weird pet peeve about hangers with, with no clothes on them hanging in the closet. So when I take clothes off the rack, I stash the empty hangers behind my laundry hamper. When I've done laundry and I'm hanging them back up, I take a hanger from the stash. It's weird, but whatever. One day, I was finishing up my laundry, and I went for hangers. Gone. I've had this habit for years, and I'd been putting them in this specific location for months, so there was no reason for them to be gone. I jumped to the most logical conclusion. For some reason, my fiancé moved them. But when I asked him, he denied it, and he would have no reason to do that anyways. I searched the entire apartment, high and low, for these hangers. I checked the trash. Nada. I decided that either my fiancé was gaslighting the shit out of me for no apparent reason, which is far out of character for him, or else I wouldn't be engaged to him. (laughs) I had gotten rid of the hangers for some reason and forgotten about it, or someone else had taken them. Side note, this one really upset me because I was experiencing some mental health and depression issues at the time, and it made me question my sense of reality. I knew I hadn't done anything to those hangers. I knew it, and yet they were gone. I was upset about it for days because it was so unexplainable. Story two. And there are seven stories. Oh, wow. Yeah. Story two. This isn't very specific, but stuff started appearing and disappearing in our apartment, like bags of salad, like bags of salad. Both my fiance and I swore we hadn't popped up. We hadn't bought popped up in the fridge or deodorant I had bought was just nowhere to be found, etc. This one could easily be chalked up to forgetfulness and not the paranormal. And anyways, if it is a ghost, it never brought us any beer. Rude. <laughs> <laughs> However, it's about this time that we started joking that it, it's about this time that we started joking that we had a squatter and would blame the little things on him. Out of soy sauce, the squatter did it. Dirty dishes in the sink, the squatter left them there, and so on. Another side note: we live on the third floor of a large apartment building. And the only point of access to our unit is the front door. No balcony or anything. Also, the cabinet and closet in the unit is 
used on a daily basis, especially now that we're all home due to quarantine. There is 0% chance that we actually have a squatter. We would know. <laughs> Story three. One night I bent over to pet my cat, and when I did, I felt a hand rest against the small of my back. I screamed and scared the shit out of my fiancé, who was in the other room, so it wasn't him. Maybe I was just imagining things? I don't know. That's in all caps. Story four. Last summer, I was in the bathroom when I heard a cat, uh, uh, when I heard a crow calling from the other side of the bathroom wall. The other side of the bathroom is the elevator shaft, so it can't have been someone watching TV in the next apartment over. Maybe it was just a bird on the roof and it was echoing down the elevator shaft. I don't know. But this was only a couple of weeks after the hand incident, and my fiance was out of town at the time, so I was not happy about this. Story five. A couple months ago, not long before quarantine started, a loaf of bread fell off the top of off the top of our kitchen cabinets and no one else is in the room. The cats can't and don't get up there, but still, stuff can just fall, right? Right? <laughs> episode six. Here is where thing episode six. Story six. Dumbass. Story six. Here's where things start to get actually spooky. A week or so ago, my fiancé and I were hanging out on the living room couch just chatting. Our two remotes, one for TV, one for Roku, were on the co- were on the coffee table in front of us, out of both of our reach. Then the TV just turned on. Neither of us did it. The cats didn't walk on the remote by accident. We were just sitting there, and it just turned right on. Story 7. This happened just the other day. Now that we're quarantined, my fiancé has been working in our spare bedroom while I work in the kitchen. I have a direct line of sight to the bathroom door from my seat, but not to the bedroom door. However, the bedroom door squeaks pretty loudly when it's open. I work with headphones in, so I may or may not hear my fiancé come out of the bedroom when he gets up to use the bathroom, unless I'm paying attention, but I can definitely see him. So I'm just minding my own business when I see him walk out of the bathroom. I expect to hear the sound of the bedroom door opening, but I don't. It takes a couple of minutes to sink in. Then I get up and walk into the bedroom to interrupt him and ask if he had just gone into the bathroom. He said no. I said I had just seen someone walk out of the bathroom, but I didn't hear the door open, so I was starting to think I had seen a ghost. He just rolled his eyes. For clarification, when I say I saw my fiancé, I didn't get a good enough look to see if it was actually him. Just that I saw a figure that appeared to walk out of the bathroom, and since my fiancé is the only other person in the apartment, I logically assumed that it was him. My view of the bathroom is a narrow gap between two walls, so after one or two steps, you're out of my line of sight, so I wouldn't be able to get a good look at anyone taking that path. So I don't know what this figure looked like, just that it was tall and it was moving. I'm starting to think I believe in ghosts for real. Do I need to do anything? I don't feel scared or think this ghost is harmful. Am I just going crazy during quarantine? Okay. So while you were just reading that last story about the bathroom experience, I Mm -hmm. just automatically got a theory in my head. So a lot of times, like, you see in these stories that, like, people see, like, a shadow figure or, like, an entity walk out from a bathroom Mm -hmm. or they're walking into a bathroom. And then -hmm. when they go in, there's nothing, right? So, and we're always asking, why is it, why is it that bathrooms are kind of a hot spot for paranormal activity in houses or apartments? Yeah. I'm thinking, you know how we've talked previously about how um, mirrors are known to hold energies and are known to be like a portal to the other side? Yeah. Maybe we're catching these spirits coming in and out of the portal and they use the bathroom mirror as their portal. Oh. Interesting. 
Like, you're just catching them either walking out of the mirror or walking into the mirror, depending on whether they're in the bathroom or out of the bathroom. Interesting. I don't know. I just randomly thought of that in my head as you said the last story. That actually makes sense. Right? It's not the craziest thing I've said. It's not. Yeah, that could potentially be something. But I also think it's rude that the person, that the spirit never brought them beer and just salads. Rude. What are you trying to I say? Know. What I also really liked about this was was um, her trying to kind of debunk as she was telling the story. Yeah. She'd be like, so this, but it could be this, right? Right? She's like, please tell me I'm right. <laughs> that was a good story. Um, all right. My next story is titled, see, oh yeah, I'll do this one. My friend's house is haunted. So even just the name of the friend just gives you bad vibes to start with. So let me explain. Is my it friend Karen? No. But my friend Annabelle's house oh. is haunted. For context, she lives in a very old house and it's filled with antiques her stepmom created. Um, she also lives across the street from a cemetery and her elderly na- neighbor passed away next door. So honestly, I have no idea where whatever is in her home came from. Multiple people have had strange experiences, but the weird thing is of all of them, they've been young girls who were no longer than six, no older than 16. At around 13, our friend Peyton had sleep paralysis, which she had never had before and has not had since. Annabelle's little sister Molly described in detail about a nightmare she had about a man in her room performing some sort of satanic ritual. I know that doesn't sound paranormal, but the things she described that happened in her dream she was too young to know or completely understand another friend shelby saw someone walk past the shower curtain while she was alone in the bathroom in that same bathroom annabelle saw feet behind her as she was kneeling next that were kneeling next to her tub oh wait oh god i'm sorry in that in that same bathroom annabelle saw feet behind her as she was kneeling next to her tub so annabelle was kneeling next to her tub for some reason and saw feet behind her okay These are only a few of the many examples. For years, I had never personally experienced anything, but I always believed her. A few days after I turned 15, I had my first encounter. Her parents had been out of town, so she was staying with my family for a week. We went to her house to feed her pets and just to hang out by ourselves for a while. Finally, around 10, 10.30, I texted my brother to come and pick us up. We got to working... We got to work turning all the lights off and getting ready to leave. The house has a hallway that's long that goes from the front all the way to the back of the house with its rooms branching off. We stood at the front door trying to think of anything else there could be that we needed to do. We were looking down the hallway when we see her cat, Noodle, sitting in one of the bathroom doorways. Her eyes were doing that weird cat thing where they were like glowing because of how the light was hitting them. (laughs) That was all well and dandy until Noodle Noodle started walking forward and her eyes stayed in the same spot. Needless to say, Annabelle and I waited outside for my brother. (laughs) This This specific story takes place about a month after that. Annabelle had invited me and our friend Shelby to stay the night. Everything was fine until it was time to sleep. Annabelle and Shelby took Annabelle's bed when... I slept on an air mattress next to them. I fell asleep around 11.30ish, but ended up waking up later in the night. You know how sometimes you wake up, but you haven't opened your eyes? It was like that. And I sat like that for a few minutes before I felt like I needed to open my eyes. The best way I can think to explain it is like someone told me to open my eyes without saying it. I looked at the time on the TV, and it was exactly 3.33am. I don't know why, but I immediately 
got a pit in my stomach and started trembling. In an attempt to calm myself down, I put my earbuds in and turned the music most of the way up. During the time that I was up, my phone charger was pulled out of the wall and tossed onto the ground. It had been pushed and the way into it had been pushed and the way into the socket and it hit the floor with more force than it had just fallen. At one point, I heard what sounded like a few knocks come from the area by the door. At the time, I assumed it was her lab, Huckleberry, who was sleeping on the floor in that general area, shifting around in his sleep. But right after the knocks, I saw some, I saw some short, sort of shadowy figure materialize in front of me. I could clearly see the shape, the shape of a head and shoulders, and it got more transparent as I looked down. It appeared went across the room towards where the knocks came from and promptly disappeared. The rest of the night was relatively uneventful, except for my phone was glitching out and having problems it usually didn't have. In the morning, I immediately told Annabelle and Shelby what happened. Annabelle told me that there was no way I would have heard the dog moving if I was playing my music loudly. He's a very quiet sleeper, and he hadn't been moving and he hadn't been sleeping where the sound came from. She thinks that the house is haunted by about three ghosts, one who's a little older and two who are younger. Her theory is that the older one may have been sort of reprimanding one of the younger ones for causing trouble. This may be the case, seeing as most of it stopped after. It's been almost two years since then, and there hasn't been any more happenings for over a year. So hopefully it stays that way. (laughs) Wow. So, I mean, clearly... It doesn't seem like there's that's anything. That's a lot. And I mean, especially like an old house, you know, like an old house built, you know, by a cemetery. I mean, there's a lot of stuff there. Yeah. And I mean, it, it just, it makes you think, it doesn't seem like it's anything malicious per se. It's just trying to make their presence known. And especially if these two younger, if these two younger spirits are actually younger, like around these girls' ages, Maybe they're mm-hmm. just wanting attention because they want to play too, or they want to hang out with them. They want to feel included. So exactly, and then theory. it's no wonder that the people who are having these experiences are young girls. Exactly. So exactly. yeah, that makes sense. All right, that's my story, Lil. What's your last story? My last story is called "Otherworldly Noises in My House." About three weeks ago, I was talking to a friend on the phone at night about the astral plane. Oh orbs, grays, spirits, and probably some other things. That night, around 4.45 a.m., I heard a noise that sounded like what I can only describe as kind of like that chugga-chugga-chugga sound a train makes, except I only heard it three times, and it was more like chicho, chicho, chicho. (laughs) Okay, and then it says in parentheses, okay, this isn't really the easiest to try to type out, but hopefully you get the picture. (laughs) The sound itself sounded very mechanical and not natural. It was loud. I use a CPAP machine. I have an air machine in the room and a fan on, and the TV was on, too, at a lowish volume. This sound woke me up immediately, and it sounded like it was in front of my bed somewhere, maybe in my closet. My mom heard it, too. She went downstairs to sleep on the couch, and it woke her up. And she said the cats were standing on the floor in the living room downstairs, looking towards where my room is upstairs, but something definitely got their attention, and they seemed scared and didn't follow my mom around like they usually would if she gets up. I immediately jumped out of my bed thinking I was the only one that heard it. I've lived in this house for years, and I've never heard anything like this. About four nights later, I hear a noise around 2.30 a.m. that sounded almost otherworldly, like in those alien movies where the alien is trying to talk or something. It sounded so clear, just like the other noise, but again, I couldn't pinpoint its origins. It almost sounded like it was coming 
over a frequency, but it was crisp and clear. I am probably not describing it well. We have never heard around our house. We have woods around our house, and I have never heard a noise like this from any animal. After this last noise, I stopped turning on my air machine to see if I could hear anything else. I used the air machine and fan for just white noise. A few nights later, I heard it again. The noise almost sounded similar to those dial-up noises when you tried to connect to the internet, but oh mixed God. with some kind of creature trying to reenact it, if that makes any sense. It was very quick sounding and it occurred in three short one to two seconds intervals and that was it. It happened again tonight around 3 a.m. Tonight I was having insomnia and was still awake. I muted my TV just, just to make sure it wasn't that and I heard it two more times. I waited a few minutes then got out of bed quickly. My mom was already downstairs. The noise had woken her up too and one of my cats was standing up was standing on the middle of the stairs looking around. The noise are always short, only three or four times, and as soon as I'm fully awake and terrified, they stop. If it were an animal, why do they always stop as soon as I'm thinking to myself, what the fuck? <laughs> also, my cats could hear it, and so could my mom. If it were an animal, wouldn't I hear something scurrying around or something, too? And, and it would surely sound a bit muffled if it were outside or coming from inside the walls, right? This stuff all started on the night I was talking with my friend about aliens, spirits, etc. He's had numerous experiences himself. I've just had a few. But this feels weird. My first instinct was some kind of alien or something. I'm just hoping it's just an animal. I thought I'd share this in case anyone else had ever heard of anything like this. I have always felt super sensitive to things and have been told by some that I'm, in, that I'm intuitive. And a few people have even said that I'm a psychic. Hmm. The way the way this noise sounds so clear, but yet you can't pinpoint it, really freaks me out. It's like it's from another realm or something. Sounds like it's in front of me. I don't know. Also, as soon as I am fully awake and process it, the noises go away. Anyways, thanks for reading. And that's the end. Wow. You know what? Like, that interests me when he mentioned that that same day he was talking about paranormal in, ex, instances and experiences with his friend because I feel like in a way acknowledging the spirit world or acknowledging you know the paranormal can kind of be like a, in a way like like be, allowing themselves to be like a host of yeah. whatever it is and like inviting them to make their presence known so I think that that kind of was a catalyst for whatever yeah. was in the house I agree okay um, my last story is titled there is something pretending to be someone else at my house Ooh! this happened just some weeks ago during my birthday my family and i had just finished eating and i was talking with my mom while we were while we waited for the time to eat cake suddenly a glass started to slowly move in my direction my reaction was to check if the table was inclined my mom at the same time sneezed so i told her to repeat the way she had moved to see if it would move again but nothing happened we continued talking, but less than five minutes after that, it moved again in my direction like before, but this time my mom was looking at it, so I wasn't the only one who saw it. After that, we just thought it was something funny, and we forgot about it. But during the night, I went for a glass of water, and there was a glass right in the border of the table. It was upside down, so it left a trace of liquid. A week passed, and my brother was frying some potatoes. While he was taking the last ones of the frying pan, felt like something or someone grabbing his arm making him drop everything on the floor and burning his feet without, with burning oil. Just after that happened, oh, he God. mentioned he had seen in the past year 
a young girl at the door of his room, and another time standing on the side of his bed. He always experiments he always experiments things experiences things like that. So he said he would just act normal if it wasn't because he saw something holding the girl like a shadow puppeteer using her to mask his presence. Weird. Ooh. So there was something controlling this little girl that he saw. And the main reason oh, he wow. mentioned it was that it was the girl, the quote-unquote girl, that grabbed him during this time when he dropped everything and then the burning oil went on his feet. We didn't know what to do and didn't talk more about the topic. Then another day, watching movies with my mom in her, in her bed, she had to refrain herself from telling me, hey, your dad wants to sit here. Firstly, because there was no one there, and secondly, because my dad passed away a few years ago. I have to mention she always says that she can feel him at home, like watching and taking care of us, yet she's never been afraid of him. This time, she jumped from her seat totally scared because there was a dark shadow behind her connected to of what she had thought was my dad. Our house has had many paranormal events since I have memory. You can see a tall man in the backyard at night or during the rainy afternoons, people walking by the corridor, voices when there's no one else in the room. None of those events caused more than a surprised feeling. Now, when these last events had occurred, we had agreed we are certainly afraid, not of what happened, but of how it makes us feel. So, yeah, I'll say. Yeah, it just, it's one of those weird things where it seems like there is a evil presence that's taking the form of other beings or other spirits seems like good spirits and they're they're taking he's taking control over them and unfortunately it seems yeah, to have I mean, gone to the dad the shadow people and the one of the shadow people being like a puppeteer that's that's creepy and then the fact that you realize that it's starting to happen yeah. to a presence that is symbolic of your father like it may be your father's spirit that's being controlled by this dark entity that's scary yeah like that's horrifying because like what 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 are you to do and that's spooky kooky Yeah. I haven't said it at all this episode. That's spooky kooky You have to at least say it once every episode of the Quarantine Spooky Story Special. Of course. So, that concludes this episode of Just Goy Things, the Quarantine Spooky Story Special, episode 31. Um, I want to also say that, you know, now that we're starting to get our boo things on to help guest co-host on the podcast, we want to open it up to all of our new boo things as well. Follow us on Instagram at Just Bully Things Podcast. And we're probably going to post again, you know, inviting people to apply to co-host with us. So email us at JustBullyThingsPodcast at gmail.com. Your first and last name, your social media pages, um, if you have Skype, and if you don't, if you can download Skype, um, topics you'd like to talk about on the show, and, um, yeah, and, that's pr- and why you'd want to be on the show. Uh, so without further ado, let's get right to the socials, follow us on all of them, and that's pretty much it for today. At Instagram. Just Bully Things Podcast. Our personal Instagrams. At Rebecca Ruber and. At Lily Baldessari. At our like Facebook page. Just Bully Things Podcast. At our private Facebook group. Just Bully Things Podcast group. At our Twitter. JGT Podcast. Donate to our Patreon at Just Glee Things Podcast. And if you or someone you know has a paranormal experience that they'd like to share on the show or just send in their story that we can read on the show, feel free to email us at 
justcoolythingspodcast at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening, Boo Things, and we will talk to Boo tomorrow. Goodbye. Goodbye.